Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Nearly every episode, we talk about being souls, having a human experience. Our guest today is someone who teaches children to use their inner vision while their belief system is still open to all possibilities. I met Nicola Farmer just a few weeks ago when we both shared an extraordinary five days at Banyan Retreat Center in the UK. Nicola showed me several videos of children wearing blindfolds and using their mind sight While blindfolded, they are able to read books, write, draw pictures, do crafts, put puzzles together, and more. I have to tell you, I was absolutely blown away by what I saw, and I knew that you had to hear her story. Nicola is passionate about children and helping people change their lives. She is the creator of the ICU program, which helps children develop and strengthen their inner vision gives them confidence, and also raises their self-esteem. Her website is icuacademy.co.uk. And Nicola is not only teaching children, but she's looking for people to train and to be teachers of this fascinating program worldwide. Can you imagine a world where children grow up knowing who they truly are and that any dream is possible? I find this topic very exciting. Nicola Farmer, my friend, a warm welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Oh, thank you very much. That's that's a, that's beautiful. Thank you. Well, you're welcome, and it's beautiful what you do. I was absolutely speechless when I saw the work you were doing, and I had no idea like something like that is possible. So, for and like I just said, to imagine a world where children grow up knowing that their souls, this is a human experience, anything is possible. I, I can't even imagine what is possible then. Well, you know what? With the children, anything's possible because they um, they they have such open minds and and they're so different to the majority of adults when they were children because. These children are coming with a completely different vibration, a different mission. Um, and so if we can capture them and, and keep those beautiful gifts that they're born with, then we can take them through life uh, with the potential of um, them changing this world. Because, you know, the motto of ICU Academy is the children are our future. And that's exactly what they are. And if we can keep them in that beautiful state of of being open minded and 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 really in in that beautiful way of um, uh, knowing that there's more to life than what perhaps we had as children, then we're winning. Yeah, I think that's great. I even remember my childhood. I loved playing around in the fantasy world and. I had no problem thinking of my future. Every dream was possible. I actually think I had some psychic things that happened, which later on I kind of said, no, that was my imagination. But even as when I was a child, and I think most of us, you really do believe anything's possible. And then at a certain age, doesn't that kind of get shut down? It does. And, and mostly it gets shut down once they um, develop their the, the, the use of their left brain, which is the logic, the analytical side of their brain. <clears throat> but also, um, 
you know, there's a lot of peer pressure. There's a lot of uh, conditioning from um, adults that, you know, if, if your child has an imaginary friend, um, you know, that's not seen to be something that you'd put out there in the world. But that imaginary friend is highly likely to be a, a spirit energy that that's that's found the, the, the human child um, and they become very close friends very very close friends so we really shouldn't be calling them an imaginary friend it's it's a, a, a spirit child that that these two children whether they be in the body or outside of the body have a bond together right that's beautiful and i didn't i mean i know a little bit about the left brain and the right brain but i also know a little bit about growing up it's in those younger days when suddenly things go wrong or somebody calls you stupid or I had glasses, so they called me four eyes and my mind started becoming very aware of the here and now and to that I have to have friends and look good. And so suddenly that world of daydreaming wasn't always there. I started being self-conscious, I guess is the way to put it. And that's probably the, the left brain kicking in and the ego and all that. Correct. It is. And, you know, um, you, you just use the word daydreaming. And, and what I would question with that is, are the children daydreaming or are they still in that altered reality where it is real to them? Yes. Because, you know, they're so close to heaven, to consciousness at, at, at a young age. You know, are they bringing the reality of consciousness to the earth that we would perceive to be daydreaming or um, or are they then 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 their daydreaming days are kind of numbed down because you know if you tell a child it's stupid, it's going to grow up and be stupid. Um, if we were to just to nurture that daydreaming aspect, if we want to call it that, and and really allow the child to keep the the energy, the 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 innocence of the right brain, the creative, the intuitive side. Wouldn't this world be a better place? It would be amazing. And I really do believe we're at the cusp of a turning point here that things can change. And the more of us that come forward and share these stories. Um, I, I Nicola, I had taken a course years ago on remote viewing, which um, yeah. is an ESP technique. But in my mind, I thought, oh, this can't possibly be true. However, after a few days of being able to see images of a, say, an envelope that I didn't know what the picture was, and then I see it in my mind's eye, and then that picture comes out of the envelope, it it opened me up to there's a whole another world possible. So I think by sharing these stories and like what you did for me by showing me the videos you had on your iPhone, it just opened me up to a whole new possibility. And if we have enough minds open to that, I really do think it could be a whole different kind of world. Beautiful. You know, you know what, Sandra, it already is a different world. You know, and we've got some people living in the new world and, mm -hmm. and the majority of people still living in the old world. But when it comes down to it, we we're heading towards living in unity with each other. And so we need to keep an open mind because when we're living in unity, which is what the children are born with, then we're, we're living in a world that is, that is peaceful and harmonic and compassionate. 
but most of all it's non-judgmental um and and so when these children are in that that beautiful altered reality if that's what we can call it um they see past the illusion of of that that is really um what most people in this world are caught up in but these children are so wise they're so evolved in so many ways and a lot of them um you know whether you believe in reincarnation or not a lot of them didn't ever have to come back to this this beautiful planet they they had evolved enough to stay spirit side to stay in consciousness but they've actually chosen to come back here to make earth a better place to live it brings a smile to my face and oh, i think and you and i would do the same thing <laughs> yes of course absolutely Nicola, I want to ask you, just because the name of the show is We Don't Die, and we happen to meet at a great place talking about the afterlife. Could you tell yeah. us a little bit about your story and how you got even involved in this wonderful world? And then we can talk more about the children. And I cool. hear some stories. But yeah, why do you believe yeah. in the afterlife? I think is a good question to ask. Well, I believe wholeheartedly in the afterlife because of the, the multiple experiences I've had with them. But it all began when um, my sister died when she was eight years old um, and I was nine. Um, and, and, you know, losing a, 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 a loved one, someone who's so very close to you, um, you know, it can make you um, close down. It can make you, um, you know, my grandmother said there's not a God because how could a God take a child away from um, the parents? Um, so years and years and years passed. And, you know, I've, I've always questioned um, many things in life. But when I was um, uh, about 30, 31, my sister appeared to me in two dreams and they were more than dreams they were um beautiful experiences because she was talking to me about things in these dreams that had happened after she died um and i was sharing experiences with her that that i'd had since she since she passed a spirit and um it was like we were catching up it was it was the most surreal experiences um and then i came across a, a medium who i shared these dreams with and and he said to me you do realize they weren't dreams and i said oh for sure i said because they were they were too real we were having discussions about things that you know if she she, she wasn't here um and then completely out of the blue uh, I said to him, I'd love to do what you do. And he looked at me and he paused and he said, really? And I seriously, I looked over my shoulder and around the room because I really didn't know where those words had come from. Mm -hmm. um, and and I, I looked at him and I said, what did I just say? <laughs> and he said, you'd like to do what I do. And I said, yes, I would. And he, he began to teach me to meditate um, and he began to introduce me to um, spirit guides. 
But what shocked me most of all was the speed and the impact it was having on my life because uh, really my feet just didn't touch the ground. Um, and, and, and life became so different, so, so different. And I started to have conversations with my spirit guides and, and I'd sit there and I'd say to my friends, why is this happening to me? And, and they would say to me, well, why not? <laughs> and, and it's like, it took me quite a long time to really grasp the fact that, that this was cap this, this was possible. I was capable of doing this. Um, and I've been really, really lucky to have, uh, traveled to some amazing places around the world. I've been to Mexico and Sedona and Brazil and, oh, so many places to learn and to grow. Um, and if I'm really honest, um, there's so much that we can learn from those that have passed, so much we can understand if only we would surrender and, 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 and allow that to really become part of our life. Uh, people don't die. Their spirit lives on. It carries on in this beautiful essence of consciousness. Um, it's just the physical body that that is released. It's the physical body that um, starts to um, disappear. But the life force, the energy, the love of spirit, there's nothing like it. And if it wasn't for my sister passing, I really wouldn't be doing any of this. But there was something really important I needed to understand. Um, and what that was, why did she die so young? Why did she die in the way she, she did? She had a very rare tumour on the base of her spine, and it's still rare today. So I sat with my spirit team one day, and I said, I'm ready to understand this. I'd like some answers. And they said, yes, you are ready. Um, and they said to me that, um, my sister's death um, was my gift of freedom. Um, and they said to me that in everybody's death, there's a legacy. There's, there's, there's a gift from the person that's passed. And I said, well, I didn't feel free. I felt trapped in a world where my parents were grieving. And, and I felt like they had died and I became invisible to them. Um, and they said, yes, you did. But that was an important part of your growth. And I said, but it was painful. It was painful for many, many years. And they said, yes, we know. But you see, what you need to understand is that you were gifted freedom from a very young age to grow into the person you are. And all of your life experiences were so important because now when you work with people, you can say and you can really truly say from your heart, I understand. And I said, but that gift of freedom, to tell me more. And they said, well, my life could have gone in two directions. They said the direction it took was the one where you learnt the most and you've grown the most. They said the alternative direction of your life, you wouldn't have wanted, you wouldn't have liked. And I said, well, did I have a choice? And they said, no, not really. Mm -hmm. uh, and I said, well, tell me what the alternative was. And they said the alternative path for you would have been that your parents would have gone into fear of the same thing happening to you 
And they said, and your life would have been stifled. You would have been suffocated by their fears. And they said, so which one would you choose? And I said, freedom. Definitely. Nicola, can I just ask you, when you began and you, you're talking about connecting with your spirit guides, I believe we have spirit guides, but I've never, I want to say, found out who they are. Could we all get to that quiet place and just surrender and believe that they're there and then just start a conversation, really not knowing who they are, but just being open to it? Do you know what I'm asking? I do understand that completely. Um, and and I I do believe everybody can get to that still point. Um, but it takes a lot of dedication. It takes a lot of um, passion to really have the desire to reach that point of communication. Um, and I've had people say to me in the past, um, I want to be like you. And I say to them, you can't be like me. But if you want to work towards your potential, then this is the this is the formula. And they look at me and I say to them, are you prepared to shed blood, sweat and tears to heal yourself? Mm. Are you prepared to sacrifice maybe people in your life who won't believe in what you're doing and what you're saying? Are you prepared to put in as much effort and hard work to reach that level of understanding that you will then have healed so much of yourself that that stillness is more important to you than anything else in the world. And they look at me and they say, I don't know if I've got it in me. Right. And, and I say to them, then you need to go away and search because that's how you reach a level of understanding and compassion and connection to the world of spirit. That's beautiful. That's a very nice way to put it. I'm the type of person that, I want results. I want them now. I don't want to sit for three years. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just want to pay my nineteen ninety five and um, have you send it to me. Be much easier. But that's not how it works. It really is that mm-hmm. desire. And so to be clear with ourselves what our desires are and then start that practice. Well, now I want to ask you, yeah. how did it all move in to the world of the children? Well, I, I went to um, Canada to learn um, a very similar method having become um, uh, an awakening the illuminated heart teacher of Dronvalo Melchizedek I don't know Uh, what that is okay well it's a workshop where you learn how to live in your heart you activate your Merkaba light body and you learn how to create from the tiny space of your heart which is creation of unity rather than duality okay so I met a lady there who um had mentioned um, about these super psychic children. Um, anyway, so as as the the time rolled on, I I was invited to go to Canada to learn a method, um, but um, it was very um, difficult for me because I I couldn't resonate with the ethics of this particular method, um, and and when you when you step into a a true sense of yourself, then you have to follow your truth. Yes. Um, so I was getting constant communication from my own spirit guides to say that they wanted more teachers educated and taught to work with the children because this work was very important. Well, because I pulled away from the other method, um, 
I said, no. I said, I cannot go ahead and teach these uh, these adults to train the children because ethically it's wrong and I would not take somebody else's work forward without their blessing. Um, and then my spirit guides kept saying, but you will train teachers. And, and I said, I'm sorry, I won't. Um, and then one day I sat very quietly in, in meditation and they said to me, you will. And I said, please stop saying this to me because you're going to have to do something pretty amazing if you want me to train teachers because I want to move forward with a clear conscience. And this voice said to me, get something to write with and something to write on. And I got some paper and a pen and they downloaded this ICU method um, literally within well it felt like minutes it was probably about 25 to 30 minutes mm -hmm. um and they said now you'll teach um, adults to teach the children and I said well when I've worked with it and I know it works then yes I will um, so I tried the method with some children and it turned out to be faster more modern um and more conducive to the children of this of today and then I put together a, a teacher training program um, and started to train teachers. Just extraordinary. And uh, it's too much to ask how you do it, but could you talk? <laughs> I know it's crazy, but could first of all, how do you find the children to be? Oh, they find me. Say more about that. They, well, you see, um, I believe that the universe um, has this this way of working. Um, and if you open a door, they'll send the people through it. Um, and so the children, it was, it's mostly the parents that come first. And there's a, there's a beautiful video on YouTube that um, Frank Alaridi made. He came over from California a couple of years ago. Um, and, and so the parents want their children to learn but one of the ethics that we adopted uh, within the ICU academy was that the children had to want to come themselves yes um so they find us that they, they find us through the the youtube video they find us through the website but most of all it's been through word of mouth the video um, sorry Tim. Yeah. the video that no, you're talking right. about is that the one that you also have on your Website icuacademy.co.uk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and for our listener, if you're listening to this on um, YouTube, if you just scroll down into the description, I will have a live link to that. Anyone else who hears it on iTunes or wherever else, if you go to icuacademy.co.uk, there's a place to click on the videos and you can watch it. it it's mind blowing to, to see this man kind of making a documentary on it and having mm -hmm. his camera woman, I think that's who it was, put on the blindfolds and there's no way she can see through them. No. And then to see the children being able to read and write, incredible. So maybe you could give us some of the stories of what these children are doing with the blindfolds on, just to give a taste of those videos you showed me that left mm -hmm. me spellbound. Okay, so the children come and um, go through the process of ICU. Um, and when, when they start 
reading and seeing, um, which actually isn't completely necessary because the process that the children go through over a number of weeks actually um, is as powerful um, as if they can see with the blindfold because the work heals their traumas, um, it, it, it enables them to blossom, grow in confidence and all sorts of things. But when the children um, come, um, they um, they do all sorts of activities with us. You know, we've we've played ball in the garden and, and we've we've done jigsaw puzzles. But you see, what we're finding is the results of what these children are doing are completely fascinating, because we're having children grow in confidence and take leaps in their education. We've seen children um, who have some pretty deep set traumas um, through abuse and um, bullying at school and various other things turn their lives around. Um, we've seen children with a stammer, a stutter um, that's completely stopped. We've seen children who um, uh, have had a problem uh, with um, uh, wetting the bed at night through certain fears and nightmares, um, and that's completely stopped as well. Um, we've worked with children with autism and dyspraxia and various other uh, conditions under that umbrella. Um, and uh, one uh, lad that I worked with, he was three years behind his peers at school in his reading age because of his dyspraxia. Um, and within uh, the process of going through the ICU program, he caught up those three years. That's pretty great. It, it is. It is so amazing. But also we've seen their psychic abilities opening up. Um, we had a little girl who was being driven home and it was a sunny day and the sun was in her eyes and she was too small to for the sun visor to come down and block the sun. So uh, the guy that was driving the car said, well, you know, put on your blindfold then. He was a little bit of a skeptic. Uh -huh. um, so she did and, and she put her blindfold on and she said, oh, be careful of that man in the road with the dog and the walking stick. And he laughed and he said, there is no man in the road with a dog and a walking stick. She said, but there is. And as he drove round the next bend, there was the man in the road with a walking stick and a dog. Right. You know, so, um, but it's the confidence. You see them growing confidence and, and you see them um, evolve from, you know, these little children that are uh, sitting there with um, almost shaking and then and then they it's like watching a flower grow and you see them become upright and and these petals open and it is the most beautiful experience that I believe anybody can have um, the children absolutely love the work they um they like to practice at home. Some of them like to show other people how they can do this, and and some kids don't even want to show their parents. Um, but we trust in the process so much that we allow the child to take the lead with it because they actually know best. It's incredible. And to watch that video, the kids, for our listener, just imagine, and you can watch this, of course, these blindfolded children, and they're playing catch with a ball 
and catching it. They're drawing pictures. They're reading. Like they have their finger pointing at the words that they're reading. They can see the pictures, but it's all with their mind's eye. Um, You had showed me a video. I don't know if the girl was putting beads together, but she could pick out the green bead out of a pile of beads, blindfolded, and do the craft. The, um, The man interviewing was talking to the children. He was drawing a picture and without him even turning the picture to them to say, what is it? They could see what it is because obviously they're using their mind's eye. They don't need to have the picture in front of them. It's fantastic. Yeah. What I just want to say about the mind's eye is that the the mind's eye, the third eye, whatever you want to call it, um, plays a very small part in the process. Really? Yeah, because what we're actually doing is we're uh, enabling the child to operate from their higher consciousness. So the mind's eye has a small part in interpreting what the higher consciousness is seeing. Um, but these children, when we when we take them through the process of ICU, um, they're actually we're connecting them to their higher consciousness where all of their um, knowledge, their wisdom, their past lives, whatever it is, we're bringing it all together, but operating from the human body. You leave me speechless. (laughs) Are these children more compassionate, do you find, as well as everything else that's healing about them? Oh, for sure. Um, they're, They're super loving they're, they're very compassionate. Um, they become very um, empathic. So uh, we have to nurture them to such a point where they don't become overwhelmed by other children's emotions that perhaps ha- haven't done this work. I see. Yeah. Um, and, and we're very protective of them. Um, you know, when a child comes to work with me for the first time, I hold a space uh, of safety and love and nurturing for that child but even when that child's not with me and they come back a week later, that whole week as a teacher, you're holding a space for that child to learn and grow and develop. Um, and you don't actually break that that tie with the child energetically until they've you hand them their certificate to say they've completed the program. Um, so, you know, these children, they they um, they are highly compassionate Um but they have so much fun. And that is is so important because a lot of the children don't know how to have fun today. Um, and one of the, the things we never, ever do to a child when they're working through this process is say no to them. But one of the things we do do for one whole hour each session is constantly praise them. Um, not enough children get praised today. They're all told what not to do they're told um when they're wrong but they're not praised enough when they are doing things right and one of the ethics of icu is the praise and they thrive on it they it's like you it's like you're giving them um uh like a, a coating of of love and nurturing and and they're like sponges they soak it up um we had we had one sad um, incident with a little girl because she was doing so brilliantly with 
with her um, reading with the blindfold on. And the teacher said to her, you're really special. And she said, no, I'm not. And the teacher said, but all children are special. But what you're doing here is extra special. And she said, I'm not special. And, and the teacher said, but you are. And the little girl started to cry and she was sobbing. And the teacher allowed her to release the pain that she was obviously feeling. And eventually she said to her, nobody's ever told me I'm special. Oh. oh. Yeah. And, oh. and you look at yeah. any adult. And I'm 52 years old, but there's still that inner Sandra that as a young girl felt yeah. stupid, not good enough, yeah. middle child, all that. So yeah. we have that for the rest of our lives. And, you know, I was thinking uh, that about praise, I was just reading something being that we're now going into 2019 and it was talking about so many of us have our new year's resolutions and we make these lists of what we have to do but that does not fuel us what does fuel us is every time we do something and we praise ourselves for it and we really identify the good then we're more likely to take more action so i was just thinking like making that comparison of how important praise is because i know many people that are doctors and scientists and keep getting the different degrees and when they were a child, they were called stupid. Yeah. So it, it just, it lives with us. So to heal that at a very early age is really great. But do you not think that not enough people celebrate their achievements, celebrate uh, life? That you're correct. I don't think that. We're always, now I can only speak for the person that's in my skin right now, yeah. as I'm always looking to see what's undone what yes. I still need to accomplish. I never look at where I've been, what I've done, what I've accomplished. And to take the time to do that, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm looking at a really special person. You, Yeah, exactly. But, but most people would say that if you are called special, there's something abnormal about you. Um, but there's nothing wrong with being called special. It doesn't mean that you're better than anybody else. When you're when you're coming from a, a special place, when you are being that special person, it simply means that you have something quite amazing to offer. And I believe we all do. Nicola, how long does it take a child to go through the ICU program? Uh, the child would normally come for 10 to 12 sessions, depending on how quickly they develop from um, the first session. They would come for an hour a week um, if, the, if it's during school term time. If, if they're on vacation, they can come every third day. So anything from uh, 21 days to about uh, 12 weeks. Um, and, um, and they go through that process an hour a week, but they also have to practice at home. Yes. Um, we don't call it homework because that's a stigma attached to schooling. Yes, it is. So we call it home practice. Nice. Um, and, um, yeah, so, you know, some children take a lot longer to see with the blindfold because of deep traumas. Sure. Um, and then some of them see almost instantly. I had a little boy who um, I took him through the process and – and I said to him, now we're going to look at the front of this book and we're going to have a look at colours. 
And he said, well, don't you want me to tell you what the book's called? And I said, if you can, yes, please. And he told me the name of the book and he opened the book and read it from cover to cover. Blindfolded. In his first session, yes. In his first session? In the very first minutes of me taking him through the opening process. Oh, my gosh. Are they working one-on-one with you or are there other children at a session? They work one-on-one. Okay, perfect. Just good to Um, know because there are some potential teachers listening right now. You know who you are. (laughs) It'll just give you a vision of that. And now, can you talk about training the teachers? Because obviously to get this globally, we need a lot of helping teachers. So how are you looking for teachers? Obviously, there might be somebody interested right now. Is it a a certain kind of person? Do they have to be a teacher already? Could you talk a little bit about who you want to train? Of course. Um, The criteria for becoming a teacher um, is really that that the person is heart-centered, that they have a, a, a passion to make this world a better place, that they have the the desire to work with the children they don't necessarily have to have had any children they don't necessarily have to have worked with children but that heart-centered um beautiful essence uh really makes a difference um now the, the the people would come uh to a training session which would cover three full days um and then once they had the initial training for the three days, they would then be required to go away and work with three children to produce case studies, um, which can take its time because they have to work with the children for 10 sessions each. So yes. it could take up to six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and they go away and they, they find the children or the children find them and, and they work with them as a teacher um and a lot of the teachers are very concerned that they'll let the children down um by not being as confident perhaps as they should be or you know not quite um uh, up to speed with right. the the process um but i very quickly remind them that somewhere in the distance past the soul of the child agreed to help the soul of the teacher. Beautiful. So you can't go wrong. Um, and and so as long as you uh, keep the ethics and the process um, in line with the work, then there's every potential for someone to become an ICU teacher. That's lovely because I know for each of us, we're always looking for what our purpose is. And we can, I think we can choose our purpose. But there's certain things that really are like, ooh, that sounds like something I'd love to find out more about. And just for our listener, not only go to the videos on this website, even if you just want to see them, they're great. But uh, Nicola's website is icuacademy.co.uk. Nicola, is there a perfect age range for these children to be in your program? Yeah, the, the children need to be captured before uh, puberty normally because that's when the logical, the left brain starts to activate. Um, the minimum age is normally about mm, five, maybe six, depending on the maturity of the child. But they need to be able to read, recognize colors, shapes and images. 
Um, and then we take it up to the, the top end of the age group, which can be about 10 or 11 or 12, although I have taught 15-year-olds with mm. certain um, conditions. Um, but I find the optimum age for working with the children is seven, eight, and nine. Interesting. Um, and actually what I've found as well is that boys are responding to this in a much bigger way than than some of the girls. I mean, the girls are very uh, quick, but the boys are thriving on the praise. Interesting. Yeah, and and I and I I I feel that it's because you know you you have a son, you have a brother, and the boys are expected to be tough and to grow up yes. quickly and to be don't to be manly. cry, be manly, exactly, man of the exactly. house. Yep. Yeah, um, and and they don't get the the attention perhaps that the that the girls do so when you bring a child into your uh, energy field and and you're working with them in praising them for a whole hour it's something that is the most beautiful thing to experience mm, i bet it is um, yeah i just want to ask you do the kids ever wonder why they can do it but adults can't no the kids don't question it you see, that's why we teach children, not adults, uh -huh. because the children, um, because their left brain isn't as active as an adult's left brain. If you say to the child, I'm going to put this blindfold on your on your face and we're going to put the strap around the back of your head. They do not say why. But if you were to give it to an adult and say, please put this on, they'd say why. And they wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't want no. to do it. No. And then if you say to the right, now the next step we're going to take is A, B, and C, they would say, why? Right. <laughs> um, but the children don't ask. They they never question it. Oh, I love that. Um, and it's because it, it's natural to them. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I love the analogy that I share with people about being normal. And in my world, if you're normal then you're doing and being what's expected of you. And instead of being normal, if we were natural, then we wouldn't be in that state. And that's what the children are. They're natural. Yes. Oh, um, makes sense. And one of the other things we never do in, the, in a session with a child is ask them a question. So we command them. So instead of saying, uh, what can you see on the page? We say to them, please tell me what you see on the page. The minute you ask them a question, you're switching them to their left brain because they've got to think to find an answer. Right. But when you command a child in, in obviously a loving way, they automatically give you the answer. They don't have to think about it. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So they're very natural. I'm so proud of you for doing this. Oh, thank you. That's it's really kind. Just the beginning, and I will do my part to share this. Thank you. And to have people know, and if people are interested in taking the training, it's just wonderful. I'm even just thinking of myself, and I can see why my 52 year old brain wouldn't be so <laughs> open because it would be like, well, I don't know if this is going to work. Well, it'll, if it does work, it'll work for somebody else, not me. I mean, <laughs> da, da 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 da. You know, too much of my left brain kicking in, and without the just the belief and the trust that, okay. 
<laughs> yeah. What do you see? Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have we have training in the US in March. Excellent. Um, for teachers, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Can we find um, that on your website or through contacting you? It will be on the website very soon. We're just finalizing the details, but it's there's two weekends in March where we'll be trained teachers, and that's the um, 8th, 9th, and 10th of March, and then the 15th, 16th, and 17th of March, and it's in Virginia Beach. Are those two separate ones? You don't have to be at both of them, just one no, weekend two, or the other? No, just one of them, just okay. one of the weekends, yeah. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Even though this show is international, most most listeners are in the United States. Um, yeah. I mean, the higher percentage, I don't want to say most yeah <laughs> but there's a higher percentage so and the way to get this global is to get people in different countries so i love it nicola we only have a few minutes left is there anything yes. else you want to share something i didn't ask you that you want to say more about or any even closing words of um the bigger picture of uh yeah whatever you're inspired to say okay i think what i'd like to share is something that occurred last week okay and I was I was teaching some uh, spiritual classes, and I was in a state of trance. And one of my spirit guides was speaking to all three groups separately, and and she adopted the theme of uh, spiritual pathways. And these paths, most people refer to as their journey, their spiritual journey. And she said that most people want to know what's ahead of them am I on the right path mm -hmm. and she said to all of them it's not about the path it's not about the destination it's the journey that you're taking and never forget that you're always on the right path and your path is always illuminated but she said it's not about what's ahead of you it's what's behind you and she said I'm not talking about your past I'm talking about the footprints that you're leaving behind you and she said when you are leaving illuminated footprints which are made from kindness generosity uh, through love um, and through compassion she said when you see those illuminated footprints behind you you will absolutely know that you're on the right path oh that's absolutely beautiful thank you for yeah. that yeah, you really touched my heart with this interview. Thank, thank you. you. You're very, very welcome. And thank you, Sandra, because it's been an absolute pleasure. And to share this knowledge with as many people as possible is a dream of mine. So I thank you for everything that you do as well. Oh, you're most welcome. Most welcome. And for our listener, I have a little task, a um, little practice. We're not going to say homework, but let's look i just think it'd be great if we looked at our all all of our own selves from praise and if you're up for this little challenge take a piece of paper and write down some of your accomplishments or things you're most grateful for and instead of us looking for what's undone in our life look at what we have done and let that fuel us for continuing on the journey nicola does that sound like a good piece of practice I think that's a perfect piece of practice. <laughs> um, and I, I would also advocate that each day, at the end of each day, they look back on their path of the day 
and perhaps count how many footsteps they've left. I love it. Illuminated footsteps. Absolutely. Uh, Well, we're going to close this episode now, just looking at our time. Nicola, another warm thank you for being our guest today. Thank you. And for our listener, go to her website and check out these videos. They are amazing. icuacademy.co.uk and watch these little kids with their eyes blindfolded and the things they can do. It will really, I believe, leave you as it has left me with the sense of we are so much more than just the skin and bones and body that we are. We are so much more, so much more. Our home base for the show is wedontdieradio.com. And now you can find 281 episodes about the afterlife, about living life, about being a soul, having a human experience, helping you through grief, and so much more, really empowering each of us in our lives. I've got a few gifts there. Um, This is the holiday season we're going into right now. There's a very healing audio called How to Survive Grief, because it can be tough this time of year not having your loved one physically around. I have a booklet called 19 Reasons to Believe in the Afterlife. That's free. And then also you can, it says read several chapters of my book, We Don't Die, but the secret is it's the whole book. And if you're interested in having an experience uh, that's magical, also I'm going to be doing my first live event with some great speakers, including physical medium Scott Milligan, who'll be doing Oh, so much workshops and trance demonstrations and so many more things. I've got a beautiful scientist called Sonia Rinaldi coming from Brazil, who's got pictures and audios of children in the afterlife. I have some really spectacular mediums coming over and so much more. So you can find out more about that at wedontdieboston.com or simply just go to wedontdieradio.com and there's more information. In closing... I'm just left inspired and thrilled. And I hope this episode has helped you as it has me. Just take a few minutes to realize we are so much more, uh, even though we are adults and we're not the seven, eight, nine year olds. It, it really doesn't matter. We really are just very wise, caring souls. And we're living this human experience. So my name is Sandra Champlain, and I'm always so happy to be your host on We Don't Die Radio. And like I always say, I do believe that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important. So take some time, look at the illuminated footprints you've left, and give yourself praise for all those things you have done and let that fuel you. All right. I love you a lot. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.